I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about troubles sent to shake. There are some troubles that are designed to shake you. Now, Paul was an apostle over a church. He wasn't the pastor. He was like the pastor's pastor over a church in Thessalonica. And they were going through hell sideways. If you've never been through hell sideways, or if you don't know if you've been through hell sideways, you haven't been. How many of us have been through hell sideways? Um, once you go there a few times, you know your way around. It's like, <laughs> watch out over here. But it's it, he, the church was going through a lot. And so he got nervous. Because typically when somebody is going through a lot of pain and a lot of trouble, their faith is the first thing to go. Because they're backing up and they're saying, God, why are you letting this happen? They're saying, I've prayed and you haven't moved. How can you let this happen? So the first thing that happens is their faith gets shaken. Now these were the days, these were in ancient times. Paul couldn't pick up the phone and say, hey man, are you doing good? In fact, he wasn't even in Thessalonica. And so he got nervous. He couldn't take it anymore. He didn't know how they were doing. And so he sent his young disciple, Timothy, somebody that he was mentoring. He goes, I want you to go there. I want you to find out how they're doing. Come back and tell me how they're doing. And so that's where we're going to pick up. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, when we couldn't stand it, no longer. We decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by troubles. See, that's my job description in your life, is to strengthen you encourage you and to keep you from being shaken your faith from being shaken so when you say should i go to church today if i do my job the way i'm supposed to when you walk out of here you are strengthened you're encouraged and your faith is not shaken that's my role in your life and so when you come you should expect for that to happen number four uh, verse four even while we were with you we warned you that troubles would soon come. Now, he's a good pastor. He's saying, look, just because you love Jesus and you go to church, it doesn't mean your life is going to be full of dancing through the tulips. Trouble is coming. And they did. <laughs> Watch this. Shaken by troubles. Okay, verse 3. Let me go to verse 3. And to keep you to encourage you in your faith, to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you are going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Interesting choice of words. Even while we were with you, we warned you that the troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. 
But now Timothy has just returned to bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our own troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. I've got three points for you, a series of sub points. But my first point is this. Trouble is personal. Trouble is personal. When he says that you are destined for trouble, what he's saying is, is look, you've signed up to worship God and hell is not going to just take that. You know, um, how many veterans do we have in the room? Either you serve right now or you are a veteran. Just raise your hand. Stand up and let's give them a round of Thank you. Thanks. Stand up. We want to know who you are. Stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the reason why we, we say thank you is because you signed up to defend us, to protect us. And it doesn't matter what room you go into in this country, people are going to say thank you and honor you. When you signed up, you were destined for war. Am I right? Say yes. When you signed up, you didn't just get a cool uniform. Right? You were destined for war the minute you signed up. The minute you signed up to say, God, you're my Lord and Savior, you didn't just get an address in heaven. At that moment, you were destined for war. This is what Peter says. He says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't think it's strange. Oh my gosh, what is happening to me? You know, if, when I go a few months... And life is just awesome. I'm thinking to myself, I don't have a, a pass card. My time is coming. Right? You go all week and you haven't gotten into a fight, don't show up to school on Friday. Friday's fight day for you. Nobody gets a pass. Right? Nobody gets a pass. Trouble has been uniquely designed just for you. If you had my trouble, you would laugh at it. If I had your trouble, I would laugh at it. When Satan put together your trouble, it was uniquely designed just for you. It was a special recipe just for you. It took all of your insecurities, all of your fear, all of your past... Hell has been fighting you your whole life. He knows what you dealt with when you were 4, when you were 12, when you were 16, when you were 21. Took all of that and put it together as a perfect recipe for your trouble. Your trouble wouldn't phase me. My trouble wouldn't phase you. You would laugh at my trouble if I told you my trouble. You'd be like, you are such a sissy. But you don't have, you don't fight my worries. You don't fight my insecurities. You don't fight my fears. You don't have my past. You don't know what I've been through. If you've been through what I've been through, you would be worried about what I'm worried about too. Are you with me? Say yes. 
So whatever you're going through, it has been uniquely designed just for you. Just for you. Hell knows what makes you nervous. The tempter leaves his signature on troubles that's from him. There's some people that are oversaved. They're not just saved, they're oversaved. They come up to a red light and they're like, that's the devil! <laughs> so how do you know what troubles are from the devil and what troubles are just life? Troubles from the devil has his signature on it. Troubles from him will have one of these three or all of these three. When trouble comes from all directions, it's from the tempter. It's coming from everywhere. If you have six chickens on a fence and one chicken is squawking, that one chicken's having a bad day. If you have six chickens on a fence and all six chickens are squawking, there's a wolf in the woods. If you have one area of your life going bad, suck it up, buttercup. If you've got three, four, five, six, seven different things going on all at the same time, hunker down, sweetheart. You're under attack. Hunker down. If you're from Texas, you know what that means. Shut the lights out and hang on. When your trouble makes you feel powerless... It's from the tempter. When your trouble feels like a flood and it's flooding into other areas of your life. See, in Isaiah 59, verse 19, it says that the enemy comes in like a flood. See, it, if you, a flood doesn't come into a house and stay in the kitchen. It goes into other places. You have a trouble at work and then it affects your marriage, it affects your kids. There's, there's a wolf in the woods. Number two, trouble has a purpose. The first point was trouble is personal. The number two is trouble has a purpose. That there's a reason why there's a wolf in the woods. There's a reason why all hell is breaking loose. It's more than just a bad meeting at work. It's, it's hell is breaking loose. Does everyone here understand the difference? Say yes. Okay, so there's a reason why. The reason is what we just read. To shake your faith. Look, hell doesn't need your money or want your money. So when you're having a financial problem at the same time as you're having marriage troubles, he doesn't care about your marriage. He doesn't care about your money. He cares about your faith. And he knows that you and I will back up and say, why is this happening to me? And we're going to back up and say, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And he is after our faith. What's he going to do with your money? Go buy a bag of Doritos. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your marriage. He doesn't like you as much as he doesn't like your spouse. He hates both of you. He doesn't want you or him. And when you're not talking to each other, he's talking to both of you. Just FYI. He's after your faith. There's a purpose for it. Number three. Troubles offer options. When you're in the middle of trouble, don't say, I don't know what to do. You have two options and you know exactly what they are. You can slide or you can climb. 
You can slide or you can climb. When you slide, you're loosening your grip on faith and you're choosing to spiral down. Choosing to spiral down is like, give me the ice cream. <laughs> Choosing to spiral down, give me a drink and keep the second one coming. I'm going to double fist this thing. Choosing to spiral down is when you, had a, you blow up on somebody. Because when you blow up, you're yelling at somebody. For that split moment, you're numb to your problem. When you're pounding bluebell, you are numb to your problem. We look for things to numb the pain that trouble is bringing. So you just kind of throw yourself into the spiral. People that break their diet do that. Well, I already broke it once. Might as well give me the zingers, right? Give me the cinnamon bun, right? Just, just throw yourself into it. All hell's breaking loose anyway. Might as well just go ahead and get on Amazon, buy $500 worth of only God knows what. I don't need 14 slippers, but they're all cute. So <laughs> you just throw yourself into these things that numb us. And as we numb ourselves, we're self destructing. Now we're sliding. And we've loosened our grip on faith. Or you can climb. That slide, climb is the exact opposite. You tighten your grip on faith and you fight for intimacy. And remember this, there's only two ways you can fight for intimacy. Number one is memorize a scripture. One verse will do it sometimes. You just need one good, you need one good verse. Remember this. Trouble will always overwhelm you until you memorize Scripture. It's like the, the pool, swimming in a pool, will always overwhelm you until you learn to swim. It, there, what Scripture does, praying cannot do. If it could, we wouldn't need Scripture. Number two is prayer. Listen to this. Smith Wigglesworth said this. There was a young Russian who received the Holy Spirit and was mightily endowed with power from on high. Some sisters were anxious to know the secret of his power. The secret of his power was continuous waiting upon God as the Holy Ghost filled him. It seemed as though... Every breath became a prayer. And so all his ministry was on an increasing line. See, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where it says, don't ever stop praying. You're always praying. You're never not praying. And I'll tell you this. When God crosses your mind in the middle of the day, he's inviting you into a moment. So when he crosses your mind, don't just leave that thought there. Your next breath, just make your breath a prayer. Even if it's just, I love you. That's it. I love you. And what you'll find is he'll cross your mind more often. You and I are sinful beings. 
So we don't naturally gravitate towards holiness. So when holy crosses our mind, it's him. It's not you thinking of him. It's him coming to you. So say something to him. And the more you say something to him, the more he'll continue to come to your mind. And the more you talk to him, the more he'll talk to you because prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. And so when it says, don't ever stop praying, it doesn't mean don't ever stop talking. It means don't ever stop having a conversation. So when he crosses your mind, he's saying, let's have a conversation. It might be a short one, but let's have it. Somebody say, I got it. Right. See, as we pursue him and pursue intimacy as a family, he recognizes that he's celebrated here and he begins to move in special ways. And over the last couple months, as I've said it over and over again, people seem to get healed almost every single weekend. And Easter, two weeks ago, uh, I prepared probably for about 10 minutes for my message, but I prayed for hours and hours and hours for Easter because I knew my sermon was going to be about 10 minutes, but I was going to go for healing. And with a full house, I didn't want to look stupid. So if nobody gets healed... And I only got a 10-minute sermon. That's an awkward Easter. 18 people were healed on Easter weekend. We had 18 people to choose from because if you don't email us and tell us about your healing, you're not giving God glory that he deserves. We had 18 people to choose from. and We picked two because they're two totally different people and two totally different experiences. And the reason why we share so many testimonies here is there's power in a testimony. And it happens all the time when somebody's giving a testimony and someone else is just listening to their testimony. People get healed just listening to their testimony. And sometimes they're online and they email online and they say, I was just watching online. It happens every week. If it didn't happen every week, we wouldn't keep doing it. But God is using testimonies to heal people. And so uh, I want Tess uh, to come on up here. I want Milton to come on up here. Would you give them a round of applause? Uh, they have uh, two totally different experiences. And, um, and I just want to say, as they're giving their testimony, some of you, you can tell if you got healed because it's a pain in your bone or, or you've got screws or something in your elbow and you can't move your elbow because you had surgery. Others of you, you wouldn't know if you got healed because you have to go to the doctors to find out if you got healed. Either the cancer's there or it's not there. And I've been praying against cancer for weeks, so I know that it's, it's on the brink of, of breaking through. Somebody's going to be the first person in our church to get healed of cancer. Uh, actually, the second. Thank you very much. Um, but I've been praying against autism. While these, these, these testimonies are going out, I believe in there's children in the, in the children's space. They're over there playing with Play-Doh, and they get healed. And so um, I want them to share their experience. And um, in and, and one experience, you'll notice that they could actually feel a sensation, whereas another experience, they, could, they didn't feel anything. But Tessa, tell everybody your story. Okay, so I've been in pain for about 10 years, um, started in my shoulder, and it's been traveling and getting worse over the years. And I've tried a lot of things to help, doctors, alternative treatments, um, and at some point I just kind of gave up and began to get really depressed. And at 37 years old, I couldn't believe that I was going to be just in pain for the rest of my life. 
Um, so watching what has been going on in our church, I so badly wanted to be healed, but I was too afraid to come forward, um, mostly out of fear of just being up in front of people, but also just I didn't want to be disappointed if it didn't happen for me. Um, so Easter, things felt different when I came through the doors and we were watching a video about what was going on in our church and my elbow began to burn and um, the rest of my body went cold. I started crying. I came up here, some of y'all were here and I was just overtaken with emotion because it was actually happening for me. And it's been 100% gone since that morning. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Tessa. Milton, tell everybody what uh, your story. On Easter, my wife and I came to visit the church. That was the first time we've ever been here. And we sat in the back. And it came to the healing portion of the church service. <clears throat> and my wife and I just sat back there in the back. And we just prayed there. I didn't feel anything or anything like that. But uh, my knee, I've had four operations on my knees since 2011. And... Uh, Left here, didn't, didn't feel anything new or anything like that. Enjoyed the spirit. It was all a great service. And uh, then ever since that day, I haven't had any pain in my knees. So that's kind of my, my, my uh, testimony is that I haven't had any pain since then. So that's two weeks now. So Love it. I love it. Thank you. You know, I, I love, their, I love their, their testimony because... Um, kind of a, like a, a sidebar, uh, Tessa and Pat. Pat, why don't you stand up and wave at everybody? This is Tessa's uh, husband, Pat. Um, I remember when I, I married them, um, and uh, Tessa shot me an email the week of the, of the wedding. She's like, pray for me, because I don't think I can stand up in front of people. And I was like, you don't have to say anything. All you got to do is just stand there. I do all the talking. She's like, no, you don't understand. Uh, I don't think I can do it. And now she's up here talking like she's been doing it for 40 years. It's like, what in the world? Um, but the reason why I like those two testimonies is they're such polar opposite. Tessa was sitting in the room and all of a sudden could feel the presence of God on her. Milton didn't even realize he was healed till it was halfway through the week. And he was like, I should be hurting. I'm used to hurting. I'm not hurting. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus healed the lepers. He looked at 10 people and said, all of you are healed. Go to the temple and tell them you're healed. And none of them were healed. They were like, what is this guy talking about? They walk away and they're like, this guy's crazy. They get halfway down the street and they're healed. And so... I'm excited about sharing both stories because I don't want you to look for a manifestation because how God touches you may be completely different on how God touches someone else and vice versa. But I'd like for you to stand up on your feet and I'm going to pray a corporate prayer. And um, I'd like our prayer partners to come down if they would. And if there is any part of your body that you feel that doesn't move and operate like it should, I want you to just move. And I want you to try to force that pain to happen. 
And if all of a sudden you realize that you're at least 80% better, because that's the, the doctor's bar is 30%. If you have back surgery and you're 30% better, they call that a success. So we're going to say 80% better. I want you to just wave your hands like this and, and let's give God an ovation for what he just did. But let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you've already done. Look, somebody's waving their arms right there. Wave them really, really high. Praise God. Let's give them a standing ovation for that. Praise God. I want you to wave your hands. Otherwise, I'll think you're praying, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, you've been healing people for weeks. You've been healing people for months, and I thank you for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, um, Holy Spirit, move in this room. Move in this room right now. Every bone in this room, I, I rebuke the pain that you're experiencing. Pain, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, cancer, I rebuke you. I speak movement into your life. Movement into your life. In the name of Jesus, muscles be released. Nerves begin to operate the way you were designed to operate. Cancer, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Autism, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the healing that's taking place in this room right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving. I thank you, God. I thank you.